Aaron Alexander is the host of the Align podcast and the author of the book, The Align Method, and one of the most intelligent and influential people on the connection between the body and the mind. Well, they're pretty much the same thing, and that's one of the things we talk about on this podcast. This show is brought to you by Fit for Service, aubreymarcus.com slash fit for service, by Onnit, onnit.com slash Aubrey, and by Lucy, lucy.co slash amp, code word amp for 20% off. Aaron is one of those individuals that every time I sit down with him and have a deep conversation, I leave better for it. And this was no exception. Both of us have been sharing our wisdom with each other for a long time. I'm blessed and honored to have him as a friend and an ally. And this, in my mind, was the best show that we've ever done. I can't wait to share it with all of you. But before we get started, a word from our sponsors. First up, we have Fit for Service. And one of the things that I've really been meditating on a lot lately is how much service is a drug. When you really get into service for real, where you're just offering yourself for the betterment of another person or another idea or another place on the planet or maybe the planet itself, when you're really doing it, you enter a state of love. And that is of service to yourself as much as anything on the planet. But to be able to regularly enter that state and give your very best, well, it starts by becoming fit for service. And to become fit for service, you have to train. And that's not fit for comfort which is what many of us do, fit to be more comfortable with the food we eat, fit to be more comfortable with the things we do. We're always in this rampant search for comfort, but that doesn't create growth. What creates growth is effort, is work, is training. And that's what we really try to do in Fit for Service is offer all of the tools and the guidelines and the frameworks to really up-level physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, romantically, and do the hard work, do the training, do the stuff that's gonna help us grow, and the results honestly speak for themselves. I mean, this is a life-changing, transformational experience that we're all in together, because the world needs us to step into a place where we can be of service. And so now more than ever, I'm invigorated to be a part of this Fit for Service Fellowship and community, because I feel myself growing and evolving And I know that this League of Allies is going to be, well, probably necessary for the world to transition to the next place that we're all desiring to go. So if you feel called to check this out, we're going to Sedona next trimester. It's always the gem of our annual Fit for Service program. We have a lot of applications coming in, but there's still room. So go to aubreymarcus.com slash service and just share your heart. And if it's the right fit for you, we'll see you in a few months in Sedona. So go to aubreymarcus.com slash fitforservice to apply. Next up, we have Onnit. Man, I've been busy lately, and I don't know why. It's completely my own choice to be this busy as I am. But the fact is that I've hardly had time to get in the training that I like to get in. And that's where On It in 30 comes in because sometimes we just don't have a lot of time. But the benefits of working out are immense, not just for the body, but for the mind. Psychologically, when I work out, I'm in such a better mental state for the rest of the day. And On It in 30 is that solution. It's a 30-minute workout, obviously up to the highest On It standard. So these are little mini ass kickers and they're phenomenal, led by our top coaches like John Wolf 
So check it out. It's 10 workouts for under 10 bucks. It's got routines for kettlebells, body weight, mobility. It's awesome to have at your disposal. So go to onit.com slash Aubrey and you can save 10% on the Onnit in 30 program. So go to onnit.com slash Aubrey to save 10%. Next up, we have Lucy. And you've probably heard me talk about Lucy before because, well, nicotine is one of those substances that I use as a life enhancer, as a cognitive enhancer, as a nootropic. And it's something that I have available to me. And there's many different ways to do nicotine and some are a lot better for you than others. You know, as Don Howard always told me, the problem with tobacco is when you inhale it. And ultimately, this is a great solution for getting nicotine in a very clean delivery system, just right through this gum. The gum tastes good. There's wintergreen, cinnamon, pomegranate. They also have a lozenge and cherry ice flavor. So there's a lot of ways to get the nicotine in your system. And it's something that you have to be mindful of. Of course, nicotine is an addictive chemical and you have to make sure that you're using this in the right way with the right intentionality. But if you do, it can be a great ally for you on your path. So check it out. Go to lucy.co slash amp to save 20% off. Once again, lucy.co slash amp for 20% off. And with all tobacco products, I have to offer the warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Aaron Alexander. Aaron, my brother. (laughs) Aubrey, my brother. Good to be here with you, man. Thanks for making it happen again. Yeah. So right before we started, we did a little hape ceremony, and there was a very clear message that came through for both of us. And the message was, you can't do it wrong. And I think for me, obviously, there's so many times in my life that I look forward to the future, worrying that I'm going to do it wrong. I look back into the past, thinking that I did it wrong. And so I carry the anxiety about what I'm going to do in the future, wondering if it's going to be wrong. And I carry judgment about what I did in the past, wondering if I did it wrong. And that's a whole lot of weight to carry. Mm. And so I'd love for you to go into your own experience with that feeling that you can do it wrong and what that creates and what that how that feeling is and how the release of that feeling what the release of that feeling creates the thing that i have a a counter question for you yeah um i can answer answer i can answer one and ask the other um but first, the question part that I'm really curious about, the thing that hit me during that moment was the way that you presented that suggestion of you can't do it wrong. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thing that you said. It was where it was coming from right. that I could feel and that, and that was interesting. And something that I think is interesting, like the worlds of, of talk therapy and all the different types of therapy, somatic therapy, whatever it may be, I think so much of what we are doing when we're working with clients or patients or each other or friends or family and we're communicating to each other it's so much coming from uh this declarative space which in like memory speak declarative yeah. that's like yeah, the, yeah. you know that's the part where you know we're talking it's facts it's numbers and all that but it's this topical layer and we learn to communicate from that topical layer and underneath 
that subconscious part, that implicit part, that's the part that's actually running the show. Mm-hmm. And what I felt in that moment when you had that come through for you, if we can't do it wrong, it felt like it was like there was opening a channel through that explicit declarative talky part sure. that opened up and then that deeper information was able to come through and then it like oh it hit me in a way i was like oh okay. <laughs> and i actually feel my whole body shift just from that and it wasn't anything that you said it was it was the way that it was said and where it came from yeah and i noticed as i was sitting there we're both sitting in you know upright studious meditation position whatever (laughs) and in that moment of of you can't do it wrong i just noticed my whole spine kind of shift to the left and kind of like and like relax and settle (laughs) yeah and so there's the place that i was trying to be even subconscious not realize i was trying to be there i thought i was i thought i was totally being (laughs) i'm like right right now so i'm like come on look at me (laughs) aligned i'm fucking aligned (laughs) yeah and then there's you can't do it wrong from that place and and then i like and some perhaps there was some level of response there but the the question is um, what do you think that was for you and where did that come from and is that something that people can you can tap into with regularity i i think this is a it's a place from it's a place that I'm going towards. It's a place that's always within us. So going towards is also when language starts to fail because you're actually never going towards something. You're always typically going backwards almost. It's like you're just remembering a truth that we've forgotten or that we're not looking at or that we've adopted through conditioning another belief system. The belief system is that you can do it wrong. You did it wrong and you're going to get punished for this. And this is your punishment for this. And if you do it wrong, these are the consequences of pain that you're going to have when you do it. And it's this whole baptism that we've had in life through the opposite conditioning. But from the right purview, which I was gifted uh, and assisted in with, uh, with this great healer that I work with, her name's Kimmy Lucas, And she brought me through basically right before that an hour-long guided experience where, you know, really, (laughs) I mean, might as well tell the truth, uh, you know, forces Archangel Michael, Christ, you know, they were teaching me and, and expressing this to me in their own different ways, like, we know it's going to be hard. We know there's pain. We know we know the human experience. Like we see it, we feel it, and everything you're feeling. You know, there was a the message that Jesus had for me when I was looking at all my fear and all my trepidation was, and everything that I was going through, the energy, memory, whatever you want to call it, but that force that was present there, just just smiled at me and said me too me too Hmm. and that was coming from christ right because we think of jesus as we think of jesus as the infallible one the perfect one you know that never had fears and never had doubts and never worried if he was doing it wrong and never had any of these human things that we do because it was he was always the the christ he was never jesus you know he was never like Hey, what's up, G? You know, from his buddies at some point who saw the human in him and 
And I think that's something that we've really missed in that deep message of, oh yeah, me too. Like, don't worry. Like, there's nothing that, there's, and that's, I think, where that place where there's the love that holds no record of wrong, it's because Jesus was all of it as well and, and knows all of it as well. And there is just this complete release of any judgment in that, yeah, me too. You know, whatever you're going, yeah, me too. And there is just this complete absence of judgment. And in the absence of judgment, that's when you realize you can't do it wrong. And you combine that absence of judgment with the higher perspective of everything happening in accord to help us learn and experience literally everything. You know, it's God experiencing God. And so there's no experience in which God isn't experiencing God and learning or expressing something or your soul. There's nothing your soul can do that your soul can't learn from. And so that, it was the combination of like the wings of, which was another symbol that came through the wings of that purview and the truth and, and the kind of humble acknowledgement from the perfect one, as we have in our mind, Jesus, the perfect one, just, just smiling and saying, yeah, me too. Yeah. I wonder where the body comes in to that whole equation. Like is the body a vehicle to arrive at those places are those places a vehicle to arrive at the body Um, if the body is in a state of chaos if it's impinged or twisted or torqued or Mm -hmm. held contraction from whoever you know however long ago um, does that get in the way of accessing those places can the body get contorted and twisted and contracted to the degree that eventually there's like a snapping point where that actually is the vehicle to get into those places? Yeah. Like the body's an interesting conversation there. Uh, it's, it is a super interesting conversation and a great, a great way to go. The, there's this beautiful truth about the body. So one thing about the body is we always project onto the body that it's doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong. You know, and the body's like, uh-uh, I'm just communicating. You know, I'm just communicating. So that's one aspect of recognizing the inherent perfection of the body and reprogramming this idea that your body's broken. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, this is hurting. This is there's a I'm this is something wrong. The body has failed me. The body has done something wrong. And we cast our judgment on our body when the body's like, no, I'm just communicating, giving you feedback. So, like one of the sacred roles of the body, I would say, is to give you feedback it's a communicator you know that lets you know oh if you're contorted if you're doing this way what is the what are the psychological conditions what are the other things that you're not looking at that your body's trying to show you yeah i think that's a big part and there's also the body provides some you know i think without a body it's a lot easier to have courage because there's no pain right like the body actually is what can bring pain through in a very in a physical visceral sense yeah you know like your body can actually hurt and so i think there's those dual roles that the body has you know of perfectly communicating and also giving a sense of consequence which can give you the fear which can give you the liberation from the fear yeah by giving you that courage and also teaching you acceptance and surrender yeah so many lessons it can teach you yeah and then the, the interesting thing with all of that is to actually arrive at those places you have to forget the intention to arrive at those places and typically the 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 most efficient route to do that is through 
play or dance yeah. or for a lot of people it's sex because play feels like too distant yeah and when you can come or when a person can come into that place it's like you you never get to the place by trying to get to the place but it's the trying maybe the the, the trying builds up like the the intellectual story around it mm-hmm. but a lot of that like like ramdas has a has a bit where he was talking about uh feeling uncomfortable in his his human suit mm-hmm. you know he like never felt he's like he's like i felt this internal spirit all the things and then there's the suit and i never really felt like the suit fit like i walk into the room and i feel kind of a little bit twisted this way and that way and then he goes to see a, a psychoanalyst and the psychoanalyst has this these potential answers to essentially provide Ramdas with a new suit to wear. You know, so he says, for a for a for a small penance, I can offer you this new suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you go back and forth with these different stories. And then the irony is it always comes back. Like the, the times that are actually the most meaningful and the most connected. And it's always the times that you forget about all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And typically for for me at least it's typically channeled through the body like if i if i go to a some type of bar setting or like a a party or whatever it is oftentimes i can walk in and feel like i'm aware of the human suit i'm aware of the aaron suit Mm -hmm. and then that creates a barrier this this sensation of disconnect or anxiety or insecurity or any of those and then if there's music and there's like somebody, you know, there's a little space to wiggle. All it takes is like five minutes to to snap out of that. And it's through forgetting about those ideas and actually tapping into to the physical body. And then I think what's really interesting with that as well is dance is one of those systems that it's it integrates all of your systems in one shot. Yeah. And it integrates it to music as well, which which you know your auditory system is a part of the systems. And so when you hear a, you know, whatever you might hear, maybe a clash or a bang in the background, immediately you go, your nervous system goes into this mobilized state, like ready to attack. Yeah. You know, and that's like deep primordial influence from years and years and years. Similar thing with, with all of your senses, even like smell, you know, a weightlifter before they go to do a big 700 pound deadlift or whatever, their coach might give them this blast of smelling salts. <laughs> yeah and it channels their nervous system back into that mobilized like ready to go state so they're gathering that information from the environment and then it's informing the way that they they show up in there with themselves and when you can integrate all those different parts so movement is one of them sound is one of them touch feel is one of them and then you bring in that that social interaction that social connection it has this way of of integrating the system making a more coherent system it's like a cleaner frequency but you could never talk somebody into that state unless you talk from that place that you did 45 minutes ago (laughs) serious yeah and and no accreditation or like i'm not saluting you at all of course i'm saluting that and maybe your path of of potentiating the spaciousness to allow that to come through right. but it's not the the you part yeah yeah i and i appreciate the acknowledgement but also 
give that acknowledgement right back to the source which is what you're talking about the source from which it came which is not mine it's it's an archetypal truth that's mm-hmm. just whether we can tune our frequency to it yeah but as you mentioned all of this you know what we're really talking about is we're talking about resonance and and really the resonance comes when instead of thinking of it as the human suit we recognize that spirit mind and body are all actually one hmm. it's like recognizing that there is no separation you know when you're talking oh my mind well this is our body is just the dense part of our mind and our spirit is perhaps the most etheric you know in the ether part of our mind the non-physical part of our mind and then there's that middle level the air realm if you want to use the elemental model of our mind and so there's all of these different aspects but it's all mind Mm -hmm. it's all one thing so you might as well call it that our language fails but it's all it's all the same thing and the more separation we have the more friction can be created between the elements but when you realize like oh yeah this is just my dense mind and then here's the middle level mind and here's the upper mind but it's it's all my mind and it's all the same thing and then that's what dance or music or sex or any of these things do is they collapse all of the separation into you know a single a single source a single force yeah i think that the path towards getting to actually experience those sensations is coming out of a state of fear or freeze you know from like a nervous system perspective fight flight freeze you know it's the other one where you're immobilized shut down and you just don't want to respond it's like this helplessness this learned helplessness Mm -hmm. and so to come out of that state of fear it's it's interesting because you can do it right now yeah (laughs) yeah you know yeah like it's It's never not on the plate (laughs) it's never not on the table it's true but is it is it safe to do that because Ah, because you've learned from whatever i've learned from whatever age or maybe pre-age you know when i was like you know uh, uh, a glimmer in my dad's eye however it goes um that when i'm in that contracted defensive braced contorted state ready for impact that's allowed me to survive and at some point it was absolutely necessary for my survival yep and maybe maybe yeah it could have been yeah that's, that, that's true too but let's just say it was it feels, but regardless it feels regardless like it from is, a felt yeah. state it, it 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 did because we're still here mm-hmm. you know and so coming to the point of feeling safe enough in order to relax and allow uh that's like that's that's like the big show that is that's that's the big cup right like this is not (laughs) this isn't the thimble that we're trying to drink out of it's that's the big cup of it and then you can step into creation and Uh self-actualization and these are things that i'm i'm kind of like pontificating on because i still have tendrils of that in myself and i can i can see it and feel it and i've witnessed it in various different ceremonies and you know Mm -hmm. moments throughout the day i'm like oh there there's that there that is so it's the resistance to the resistance to accepting that truth about about our expression and our being 
is because we've have felt pain and we have thought oh man i fucked that up like i did that thing i didn't listen i did this thing wrong maybe it was let's say a physical injury i did this thing wrong and now this thing hurts Mm -hmm. i wasn't paying attention when i was cutting the carrots and i sliced my finger i wasn't you know i was and we have these physical consequences for these actions or man i should have heard that thing coming or seen that thing coming or i should have done this a different way because we felt unpleasant consequences from these actions and we tell ourselves, if i've my mind would have just been a little better i could have avoided that thing and in some levels that's true right like so we learn this and it's very reasonable to learn this and it's i don't think it's something we ever fully transcend but then i guess the question is is can we step into like a deeper state of knowing which is the highest articulation of the mind which is not trying to anticipate everything but almost like feeling the Tao of the thing Mm. like is this safe is this dangerous am i here present because when you're present all of those mistakes quote mistakes that you make way less likely to occur because that's really the whole game anyway so we think that we're actually doing ourselves a service by scrambling into the future figuring out what's going on scrambling into the past meanwhile we're contracting our body tweaking ourselves, driving us on this kind of runaway train towards some kind of dis-ease that we're actually really trying to prevent but we're not actually doing it so it's this kind of paradoxical situation where by letting it go and opening our awareness by being present and and relaxing our body entirely we're actually doing the best thing we can do but we just have to trust it so it, it becomes a a sense of faith and it's almost like faith in in star wars they'd call it the force or in taoism they call it the Tao, or in you know mysticism they might call it source or in religion they might call it god yeah it's just whatever the name is but it's just like trusting that like all right i'm listening and i'm available and i think that's the most powerful place we're in doesn't mean that chaos won't shoot an arrow right through your knowing out of a surprise we're in a co-created world but nonetheless our chances are the best yeah. you know when when we just let it all go i think the best part of the whole human situation is how jacked up every person thinks they are like everyone's winning the trophy for being the most <laughs> fucked up <Yeah. laughs> you know like you look across <laughs> some people are more honest than others you're like oh okay cool like that's mm-hmm. all right respect and that, that becomes disarmoring but i think internally most people have so many neuroses running all the time that in most people's minds my guess is they think that that they could do better they think that other people are whatever like other people are doing better than them and we're exposed to a lot of that via social media and such sure. you know the what's the mark twain had a quote he's like i am old i have suffered many tragedies few of them have actually transpired <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Very so well i think said. it's it's like come f- first it's like wow like we're like a big family like we're all fucked up yeah it comes to that place of, of starting from that place and then you can embrace the fuck up and it's not a fuck up it just is yeah and then you're like oh, okay cool. or you can kind of breathe with that a little bit you're like okay we're fucked up right you know and it's like it's it's allowed us to survive to this point and then it's not it doesn't become this enemy or this thing that you're pushing away it just becomes like great like here we are yeah 
you know but but then the next level could be coming to a place of I'm, I'm like it's like getting into like aa where i'm like i am a sinner and i am an addict and all that stuff um i think there's a, a place where you can go beyond that but i'm not just fucked up i'm also you know a genius mm. and i'm also a king and a, a queen and mm. light and yeah. divinity and like whatever yeah you know like yes you were equally that <laughs> yeah and that's i think the beauty of that message that came through from jesus which was me too like whatever and and his message you know when you really look through the mystical lens and read the passages and i wish i had those available so i could spout them out yeah. exactly verbatim like ted decker could but ultimately his message is i am within all of you mm -hmm. like i am in all of you so if if he's in all of us he's all of us it's all of us so that perfection is in all of us the totality is in all of us if if jesus is in in every person then it is me too mm -hmm. and so it's, all, it's always me so too. Is... exactly it's always me too me too yeah no matter what anybody's experiencing what you're experiencing if everybody's being honest then they go oh yeah me too and i felt that in different ways in in the ayahuasca journey i did in soltara it was this deep understanding and i've talked about it on the podcast like there is no darkness in the world or no light in the world that i do not participate in mm -hmm. no evil no good no you know carnal desires no sacred cravings no actualization and denial of that actualization there's nothing that i do not participate in in some level and it is like that ultimate me too mm -hmm. and it's just when we get to that place as you said you know that we have this idea that we're special in some way yeah i'm special in some way no you're just another yeah me too yeah i think the interesting thing is i think all of this is interesting but we can hypnotize ourselves into believing whatever we whatever we want like we do have i go back and forth of how much agency we actually have and whether we're just like pinballs being knocked around and it's like psychological <laughs> algorithm and just like here we are and all my thoughts are are uh, you could map out everything that i have always done and i'm about to do right now and will do in 10 years it's already all mapped out so maybe that's a possibility as well but you can place yourself you're always in a trance and no matter where you're at you're always attuning to that space and so you can start to self-parent yourself and just start dropping your human in these locations that you want to be more like mm -hmm. so it's always going to be good for you to be more like nature i agree it's always going to be good for you to be more like love more like compassion more like acceptance more so it's like okay cool like nature has a lot of that it also has like a lot of metal you know like nature's metal metal um but then it's like being intentional with the people that you spend time with and like what how do they make you feel and there's a uh, meister eckhart the mm -hmm. theologian dude uh he had a, a a thing of with finding god when you find some type of medium that brings you closer to god than other mediums be with that i'm like paraphrasing mm -hmm. and then if you find another medium a book or dogma or 
cult or whatever it is that makes you feel closer to god like be with that Mm -hmm. and then eventually ideally you get to a point where every medium is just a continuation of that sensation and you're not dependent on any one specific thing so you're not even dependent on nature you're not dependent on your circle of five people you spend most time with you're not dependent on your food or your your instrument your guitar that brings me into god or sex Mm -hmm. like you are god and you infuse that into the instrument and into the food and into the sex and into the you know your experience it's everything forms a bridge and it's a bridge it's a bridge to a place that you are trying to go but we place so much value on this particular bridge over that particular bridge when really it's like whatever bridge you want oh you want the pain bridge okay i mean that's a bridge you can get there mm-hmm. through the liberation from you know by using your pain you can go with the love bridge the sacred union bridge the music bridge the dance bridge the nature bridge the fasting bridge the you know spiritual ideas bridge the religion bridge the meditation bridge everything is just a bridge what's the bridge that's going to get you to the place that you're desiring to go and just discard the value proposition of one bridge being a different bridge is it actually pragmatically getting you to where you want to go yeah and then also also questioning who wants to go where exactly and where and what and do what you do you really what want do you desire and who what is you, you really want <laughs> yeah that's, and what you desire today probably going to be different than what sure, you desired a year <laughs> sure and that's being flexible just being like ah this is what i want and these are the bridges that i think are going to get there and then applying the discipline to actually take the steps to cross that bridge if you know like for me i know that breath work is one of the best bridges for me I have hella resistance to doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I also know that yoga is a great bridge for me to get into my body in a way that actually is really helpful for my body. Yeah. But I'll be like, yoga or slam some kettlebells around. Ah, kettlebells. Both are good. Both are good. Both are yoga. Both and, yes, and, and neither kind, could be yoga, could depending be. upon how you're doing them. But like for me, the particular type of yoga that's actually actually called yoga yeah. is a particular type. But my what i'm saying is that there's i'm not actually listening to what i want i'm not clear enough in my want i'm not like i haven't painted that clear enough that and honest enough that i'm i i'm taking the bridges to the place where i honestly want to go i'm just kind of stuck in a pattern of ah well you got to be kind of big and strong and swole cuz that's important you know and i think yeah. that was from fear of not being a enough of a man and not being able to fight it you know good enough and not being able to be physically dominant and this kind of desire to be that and fear of not and i still like that stuff but it's not really what i it's not what i really want what i really want is the place i get to after breath work and after yoga and i have a ton of fun playing playing ball doing martial arts going hoop and like it's not that i'm trying to give that up but it's about just shifting the bridges that i take most regularly to get me to that balanced place of what i really want mm-hmm. and then you have to ask yourself what what plane of me or layer or strata of me wants this yeah yeah because there's a there's conflicting there's many use almost an infinite <laughs> amount right because if we're going all the way from you know the densest part of the animal what is the densest what does the animal want well the animal typically for me once like 
it wants a lot of things but it also wants a lot of like release of tension it desperately wants release of tension yeah it also likes to work you know and it, it when i work and do like physically work i mean like go for something that's you know an hour long box you know mitt work session where i'm just like gassed at the end and i've exerted my body i feel exhilarated at the end of that after a hard workout but i also feel so good at the release of tension and it's really just listening a little bit more instead of forcing but listening first without the preconceived idea you know and just being like all right what do you want body okay what do you want mind mind do you want to be do you want to look a certain way why do you think that's really helpful is that actually getting you what you really want or is it not yeah you know and then spirit what do you what do you really want like what do you what do you want from the soul learning perspective and those are three you know it's kind of lumping three densities into three different buckets which can be helpful but there's all the gradient in between which is like these and these little other tangents that might be going on yeah it's almost interesting that loneliness is so is such a, an epidemic because we got so many damn personalities right here <laughs> yeah. you know yeah for sure <laughs> like, you could talk to all of them all day <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure and we're and and at the etheric level you know we really can feel how absolutely how it's impossible to be lonely you know mm. like right because we really can't be alone we're surrounded and enveloped and a part of not even surrounded because that implies separation there's me and there's the thing that surrounded me it's like we're dispersed hmm. amongst the whole field the which whole... just depends on what you're tapped into exactly so if you're if you're tapped into the more that like the topical layer then all of that is finite and it will disappear and you have every right to be terrified but if you're yeah. if you're tapped into to you know you can keep on chung, 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 like going down you know and then eventually it's like okay well i'm like a continuation of you so your success is my success and i have compersion for you right you know having whatever situation with whoever and then you could keep on chunking down more and say well we're not even separated at all this is all just one thing you know so if you if you can be in that place which it would be weird to live in that place because then you're not going to get anything done you're not going to feed yourself you're just gonna be like passing spoons of chili like to, to walls yeah which is not going to work so it's great having that that finite individualistic layer to 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 work from but having the dexterity and the flexibility to span through them like a pendulum i think that's really the ticket and where people get kind of like have an aversion to really spiritual people i think they have every right to because a lot of the really spiritual people have no ground yeah you know and they're just all in the ethereal and floating like everything is god brother it's like you owe me 20 bucks dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally you know, like everything's god totally <laughs> pay me totally <laughs> i think it's the fundamental it's the fundamental reason why there's so many things that are a paradox yeah. right where they could be saying something that's true but only true in a particular articulation and identification of what you're expressing and that's often untrue because it's not in totality taking in the full expression of who we are and the way i think about who we are it's like we're a toothpick that's cutting that's going through the layers of an onion the center of the onion is source is is the godhead but also when you get out of the onion you're also in the void which is also god it's just 
it's the same thing. So yeah. it's both are the same thing. So there's source on both ends, one being the the yin aspect of source, the pregnant void, the quantum realm of possibility. The Tao actually is really describing that void, you know, darkness within darkness, you know, the the eternal realm of possibility, right? These are the what the Tao expresses to us. And then there's the Godhead, the Atman, the Brahman, the source that's within all of us that's also source it's the creative element the yang aspect of that and that's that's kind of bookending our expression and then in between we have all of the different layers all of the you know there's pure polarity at, at the second second density there's and then there's human experience where we are in the third dimension which is somewhere in between all of those but these are all just points and then all of the other places in between that are in the astral and places to explore whatever model you want to use but ultimately we're all of it and there's nothing there's very few things that you can say that are true for all dimensions you have to say like all right in this in this expression and this understanding at this dimension this is roughly true as close as an approximation that words can get this is fairly true but at this dimension this is also true and those things may be absolutely paradoxical and they may say exactly the opposite thing but that's what we need to embrace is the fullness of the paradox of being such a broad spectrum entity and then the only way that any of this conversation has any relevance is if it becomes embodied and and that's like because that's where we are like that's where we are right now we're in the we're in the body and this desire to escape it is missing the point yeah like the point is to go into this thing yeah go into this thing and figure and figure it out that's that's the learning here is how do we use this as a tool to learn from and to experience and to play yeah 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 there's a i'm excessively quotatious today i like it there's a aristotle quote uh-huh and it says what the the mind what the mind has forgotten the body has not and that's like the uh, there's endless information your whole you know every person's body it's literally a chapter book and you can go all the way through and the way that they hold their brows the way that their their shoulder carriage the carriage of their spine or their you know their knees dropping in or they kind of flex their chest out and their chest out and they have this this compensation in their lower back you know so now they have this hyperlordosis and so they're taking this is a story they feel the need maybe at, at some level they feel unstable or insecure or uncomfortable whatever it is so then they compensate they chest out you know they pull it all back and now they're adding tension into the system and then they're placing what they didn't have up here of like an open free heart you could say Mm. if you wanted to start like mixing mixing layers of language they ended up spurring that down into their back where nobody can see it and now they're unstable waiting for some type of catastrophe to happen but on the face they look like they have it all together yeah and it's interesting when you were talking of the other day of how um, you were having this meditation thing. You were saying you were like spending a while massaging your face. Yeah, like and three like, hours. Yeah, yeah. And so that was uh, a, an assisted journey. Uh huh. And and ketamine and cannabis. Yeah, ketamine and cannabis. And what that those open the the space for is essentially for you to go into a trans state of sorts 
and drop you out of that that prefrontal analytical story part of self and goes deeper in and allows this deeper held information from the body the body starts to like bubble up onto the surface yeah and it could look like tremors it could look like maybe you're you're um, yawning a lot maybe you cry maybe you go through a fit of laughing maybe suddenly you feel the need to like run or shake or whatever it may be but it's that information from the body that's been there forever and ever it's suddenly you open up the space for it to come through and i think the body ultimately is always seeking homeostasis it's always seeking balance it's just us as the custodians of the body that either allow that balance to come through or typically through some sensation of like fear or story keep on pushing it back yeah it's such a great way to think about it and it's uh the body wants to seek its it knows the blueprint for your best self it truly does it's woven into who we are it knows what we're capable of and it wants that yeah it knows the it has the intelligence for that yeah and it knows that and all of our own you know psychological stuff and then the choices we make based upon that psychological imprinting that we have maybe traumas maybe desires maybe all of these things create something and if you really learn to read yourself and if you, you can also read others but please you know try to do it without judgment in this way but look at me for example right like i'm very fit but if you really look at my posture my head is moved forward and my shoulders are moved up which is this kind of like vanderlei wanderlei silva kind of ready to ready to fight at any moment which is like okay i don't feel like safe i don't feel like i'm enough and so i've formed my body into this kind of uh pugilistic and pugilistic posture you know that is now if you really look at me like all right well this is giving the signs of a life lived from a place where you didn't feel safe and then things that you're harder harder to see because it hasn't changed posturally is is deep tension in my jaw which is what i was working on which is just all of this judgment all of this gritting my teeth all of this pushing ahead striving i'm going to grip my teeth and i'm going to make i'm going to get this thing done i'm going to do this and all of that's just held and as i work on it there's just so much release 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 but those patterns you know it takes time the body moves slow you know so it's not like i can be like oh yeah i can release my pugilistic posture immediately because i've figured it out and i can release my jaw once and for all (laughs) you know it's like patience time you gotta the body's like a tree you gotta uh, give it water and allow it to bend to the new light source yeah that you're providing yeah and there's like a couple different directions that i think are interesting with that one is looking at your bodies as beyond just you know the epidermis it's not just like the skin bag okay that's the end of the body i've reached my kneecap okay this is body nothing else <laughs> But like mm-hmm. your your home is also a continuation of that same kind of ah, Vanderlei yeah. Silva esque. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like you could conquer some shit with this house. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> you know, when you go into your your work and you go into the layers of relationships and you go into your karmic imprint in in the you know the planet. I'm knocking the microphone over, I'm getting too excited about <laughs> your stratus. Um, so the body is everywhere, and so if for some people maybe it's like well i don't really have the money to like pay a couple hundred bucks to have massage therapist come and work on my jaw Um, but what i can do is maybe i can start you know sorting out the feng shui of my house 
Mm-hmm. I just move that couch over there, take down that dark, weird painting of like some satanic warlord. <laughs> <laughs> satanic warlord. Take is... that <laughs> satanic warlord painting off from over my bed. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> I'm not That's related not to anyone particularly. Yeah. You know, and like, and like, oh, all of a sudden, like, wow, that's like a little bit deeper exhalation. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I walk into my house and I feel, I like step a little bit. My shoulders kind of relaxed a little bit. My jaw relaxed a little bit. Sure. Well, it's like, cool. Let's ride that. You know, and then you can say, okay, now take yourself outside, put yourself into some sunlight, maybe take your shoes off every now and again, you know, maybe hang from a tree branch, open your shoulders up and get into all that Amy Cuddy, Harvard, Superwoman stuff where you open mm-hmm. your chest and your shoulders and it's, this is really yeah, contentious super, and super highly hero, debated. Superhero pose. Yeah, but it's hers, she's going back and forth with it, but that being in an upright position, essentially the thesis is changes you at not just a structural level but also a hormonal level so increases testosterone levels and decreases stress hormones cortisol and such but how is that how is that contentious i mean there's been studies i've i've read studies on people who've gotten botox that has influenced their ability to express a smile yeah and also have compassion and they're feel other people's emotions yeah they're like less happy there's i mean there's a million ways that you can show the correlation between what the body is doing and capable of doing you know testosterone increases it measured in different poses and Mm -hmm. seems not that contentious well there's always going to be contention and and it's it's the it's how easily how easily duplicable it was was the thing and i think Uh upon trying it in other scenarios it wasn't that easy but then she came back there's like a whole there's a whole history of a whole history of it back and forth of her being like no it is and then and then back um but the botox thing same thing there's there's contention around that um but the general story of it with anything it's like everything it's like there's there's a kernel of truth there you know and a lot of it's not completely accurate and it's based off of the the bias of the experimenters and the researchers that are trying to create this this idea so there's always going to be bias that influences everything but the kernel of truth within that is our bodies you can just Anytime you have a question about a thing or some research paper or study that's like, oh, I'm not sure about that, just test it with yourself. That's all yeah. that matters. And ultimately, this is with subjects of you know 25 to 200 or whatever subjects doing a thing, none of which are you. And none of which you're going to have. It depends on your mindset. And that's the one thing. So these studies are always trying to zero out the placebo effect, but right. we've unequivocally proven that the placebo effect is a thing. And this is the yeah. whole you know this is the fountainhead of all of joe dispenza's work is recognizing like all right let's not pretend that we're let's not try and take this out of the equation what if we make this the equation and just recognize how much the thought process influences that and like you said you know no matter if someone follows the right scientific protocol like if the protocol in a study was to tell somebody you can't do it wrong and then measure it Okay, well, if somebody's saying those exact same words through scientific protocol, expressing it as I was able to express it today, mm-hmm. or if somebody who didn't believe that whatsoever was saying the exact same words, it's a completely different study. Yeah. But it's not measurable because you're not able to measure the tonation, the vibration, the actual source point of that emanation that's coming through. So that's where i think some of these things run into trouble especially as you start to study things that are so highly influenced by the level of consciousness and that transmission that was coming through i mean it is 
hypothetically possible that if everybody was hooked up to all of the right equipment and maybe even equipment that we don't even have yet, you know, heart rate variabilities and EEGs and EKGs and all of these different things. And we could zero in what the materialist reductionist state that someone is in the, the brainwave. Are they in beta? Are they in alpha? Are they in theta when they say it? It is hypothetically possible we could get closer, but nobody's doing that. It's and so reductive. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not the point. The point is that this very same thing with the same words can be a drastically different outcome depending on the expression that it came through yeah but uh, the reason i was bringing all that up is I, I think that it's it's pretty cool the level of control that we actually do like there are certain some to some degree objective truths in the body and you know one of which it's pretty consistent across the board you know if you win a race everyone wins a race pretty much the same way and their shoulders come back they kind of like expose their vitals and a smile mm-hmm. come their face goes like they're, they're, they're for some reason where their lips go up and to the sides like wh- why well, why is small, that so you, consistent how do you know that have you ever won a race because whenever wow. i've raced you i just <laughs> i have a video actually last night i was sent a video <laughs> from an undisclosed person of a race between you it was a female and she uh apparently the information that I, the story that I got from Aubrey was that he was the, the victor, and I actually have video evidence of Aubrey losing a race in his own gym from a girl, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think is great. Athletic, oh girl, yeah, strong, powerful girl. I do remember that. Yeah, I do you got video that. evidence in my in my pocket. I definitely lost that one right now. In my, in my, <laughs> in my pocket. Literally. That's hilarious. However, back to my former point, something you haven't experienced, but <laughs> I'm glad that there's reasonable. people in the world that have experienced such a thing I'll as, as that. winning that race, and you can see through your own compassionate lens what yep. that must be like. Yeah. <laughs> so, in continuation. <laughs> the, <laughs> the body is uh i this analogy popped up recently it was like you're play with one of those those wind up piano things you know you wind it up yeah and like, yeah dun, dun, like a little dun, music dun, box it plays like beethoven or whatever your nervous system our nervous systems are kind of set up in a similar way where when you pull in certain chords say you pull on like your you know your scm the big ropey muscle in the front of your neck or your master the muscle to clench your jaw you know or, or diaphragm or any any of the parts when you pull on those those muscles it has almost like a like a a, a state frequency effect there's like a, there's like a ping boom ba beam like it's it's you're playing music with your body that changes or translates to your mental emotional state Mm -hmm. uh your hormonal function your endocrinology like literally you contort the body you pull in these cords it sends a signal into your physiology to feel this way and so every person gets terrified the same way every person gets happy and elated the same way they get pride proud the same way they win a race the -hmm. same way they lose a race the same way and so all of those positions have been anchored into your physiology for you know however long humanity has been uh as being indicative of those states so you can go in and start to you know maybe do some self-massage on your jaw or maybe hang from a tree branch and open up your shoulders or 
maybe do like a go to a laughing yoga class and you <laughs> yeah. and you're opening up your face and you're doing this this long exhalation which tunes your nervous system into more of that like calm or parasympathetic state yeah and so you have all these toggles like you're just covered in toggles but you never most of us never got an education on how to start to pull on any of them and we our education predominantly we're just have these to- we're just dragging a bag of toggles now just not using any of them mm-hmm. and all of our mind is just focus on you know typically some type of conquest of some sort or survival yeah it's the absence of the human operating manual yeah which is i think something great that you put out in your book in particular yeah, you know i did it in my own way about like how to operate through the day but it wasn't you know solely focused on the human operating manual for like how all of the musculature and structure and everything works in its most optimal way this is you know why you call it the align method right i mean it's like trying to get everything aligned and then using all of the mechanics tools to do that which isn't some pill in a shaky orange bottle it's like what can you use in your environment as you're part of the environment what can what are the tools that you have and what are the effects that all of the application of those going to be in totality yeah which ones stand out for you what's like the what's the the which toggles are the most effective for you and i want i want to also get into coming back to where we were at that trans state i think is really important or like the hypnotic state to start to retune our thoughts and feelings um and stories because ultimately i think it really comes back to story are you saying trans like transcendental yeah like hip, trance hip, hip, trance oh did i say trans like yeah. tra- like transgender <laughs> yeah my mind's in a different place <laughs> <laughs> yeah but the, yeah that the trance that it's a trance flow superfluidity. there's a lot of ways to say it but that's yeah. what i think a lot of the great dances like the sun dance and you know all of these different powerful rituals even any type of ecstatic dance is trying to get you into the place where you're in in the state of trance yeah you know and that's um there's just amazing liberation that come there's so many different ways to get there but that's that's i think the the most power those are the most powerful tools for me is when you know i can get indirect communication from my body and in for capital i information that's coming from all different sources you know from self from environment from my body everything is just kind of you know tuned into the right frequency and that's one thing i feel is when i go through some of these deep body work sessions or even when we do a you know we do a session i'll come out of that or i'll do a session with parangi and i'll come out of that and i'll feel like i've had this antenna that was all kind of bent and yep. corked up and twisted and kind of getting a staticky reception of like uh, what's on this channel but then as everything gets kind of tuned in and everything gets aligned then i'm able to actually hear a frequency of something different the communication from my body is clearer and the communication from you know the mystery is also clear and possibility capital p possibility becomes a lot clearer i think that's what the the physical body is is the physical body is an antenna i mean physical body is a lot of things an antenna is a story but when you come into that point of of alignment or balance or integration or any of those words all of the rebalancing of all of those joints or meridians or energy centers or you know whichever whichever model allows 
the the mind to come into a more um, like clairvoyant or clear state. Mm-hmm. But as long as you know, if you have a, a TV antenna satellite up on your roof right now, you're trying to get the the fight. But there's like you know, it's like bent and twisted, and there's a bunch of you know bird poop all over it, and it's just <laughs> jacked up. Like you don't take care of your antenna, dog. Like yeah, yeah. Like how do you expect to see the game? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you're <yeah>. not gonna. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you actually have like I think taking the responsibility, like it's an honor to have a body. Mm-hmm. It's like a major deal, and most of us. I mean, I think this is especially like Americans based off of my experience with with other cultures that you know haven't had it like as as easy seemingly as americans which easy is relative as well because we use more anti-anxiety medication antidepressants and we're obese and like all the things it's like what is easy perhaps we we need um some level of we need obstacles to go over in order to heal it's the it's the it's the traversing of the obstacle that actually is the healing so when you remove the obstacle then you get all claustrophobic and stuck up in your own body but it's an honor to occupy a body and it's it's like this beautiful responsibility it's like you're you're a custodian of god in a way mm-hmm. like you got granted access to take care of god agreed. agreed and you are god and the cats are god and these lights are god like it's all god but like you you popped up into this 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 incarnation and it's you can take it as this this beautiful honor and responsibility. That's why a lot of spiritual practices, you have vipassana. One of the the primary parts of vipassana meditation is service. So you you do your vipassana and you're served. You're like cool, that's sweet. I got served for ten days. You know, I just sat and meditated or whatever, and they brought me food. And if I needed anything, they were there to help and emotional support and all that. And then they say we strongly recommend you come back and serve not just to do a nice thing like serve for you mm-hmm. and so it's it's tying both sides of that but with back to the antenna thing you know serving the body and your thoughts and you know every aspect of your life it's like to to perceive that as, a, as an as an honor and perceive that as an opportunity i think that that's a beautiful thing and then you start self-parenting a little bit more effectively maybe and you say you know, I'm gonna do that meditation thing. Yeah. You know, or I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna. I'm gonna floss my teeth. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, like floss your teeth. Like that's beautiful. Like flo- flossing your teeth is biohacking, man. <laughs> you know, like everything that you're doing, like any, like you just thinking, being like grateful in a moment that sh- things are a little bit stressful, and you can like see you you intentionally guide yourself to find the the you know what you can be grateful for in this moment or how it's positive or you know how you can progress forward like that is that's an act of service to yourself the idea of the vipassana where you receive first and that is the act of becoming fit but it's becoming fit ultimately for service and Mm -hmm. this is where the whole fit for service idea came from right is like first to be of service first you become fit for service so you get your own vessel and your own vehicle in service to you and service to itself and service to you know whatever the divine will might be you know that that kind of aspect of you that you could call your soul or your consciousness which by the way you know i've been meaning to go back to this i think that's the answer to all of the fatalist deterministic uh 
studying of the mind is that the mind may be on a pattern but when you actually understand consciousness and understand how consciousness interacts with the quantum field that's i think where free will and choice comes in Mm. so if you're not accessing your consciousness and you're not accessing what some would call the soul then you probably don't have choice you're probably a program a series of programs that are running infinitely but the more you can access the still point of consciousness the more you can access choice and so when we're employing all of these different techniques you know we have to employ it from that place of consciousness so making that even if you just have a glimmer if you can make a choice to give you access to more consciousness then you can make a choice to do something even deeper and even deeper and it becomes a game of momentum as you become more open to that part of you that is not measurable by instruments because it's not bound to the physical realm yeah you know and i and i think that's where it comes from so as we talk about these things and i definitely want to go deeper into the tools but yeah just to wrap that thought up the idea of fit for service first it's about getting yourself ready but then ultimately recognizing the collapse of separation between you and everything else so you serving somebody else is serving yourself you serving the world is serving you you are inexorably connected at least in some particular you know articulation of a dimensional reality that you're in you're and even in every reality i mean we're affected by the heart resonance of another person that's next to us particularly up to three feet away like we're able to read that mirror neurons an environment that's unhealthy will transmit their own sense of dis-ease in the environment to us we're we're just inseparable from the field so first you get yourself as a vessel that can serve and then as you serve of course you serve yourself yeah and with the attuning of the of the your heart and women they menstruate together the alpha will be the the alpha woman or alpha male will be the one that everyone else attunes to so i assume your heart is consistent with mine right now Aubrey marcus (laughs) (laughs) just i would i would hope so Aaron, because honestly you know i may be able to beat you in a race but you're way better at playing than me (laughs) so if the if the the real race which is who's gonna play the most you fucking win man you win you win every day and that to me is that to me is a sign of of health like when i really look at like what's healthy I look at somebody who can play and who can laugh and laughs easy and laughs deep. And it's, it's like measuring wealth. Like, what's your measuring stick of wealth? So most people, if we're in more of like the analytical linear, put everything into a tight, tidy box, then it's very convenient to measure wealth from the lens of this person has more money than that person. And that's like the, who was the president? They said GDP measures everything except what actually matters to a culture. Yeah. somebody good yeah you know but it's like it's like that like that's that same thing and that's that like kind of ex- explicit mind or prefrontal cortex like analytical just organize the the stories and it's very convenient to line things up like that but then there's there's so many other measuring sticks of of wealth you know? yeah i mean everybody measures gdp as a sign of your country's wealth right yeah. gross domestic product how much commerce is produced through from your from your country but i think it was daniele bolelli who was telling me that maybe it was bhutan who's started to use a different metric of like gross domestic happiness yeah Yeah. you know and measuring it in different ways all right like how many and to do that would be like how many people are obese sick on 
anxiety, depression medications, how like how healthy and happy is our is our nation. And you know, we're really suffering when it comes to that, but you know, everybody's looking at this one measurement which is absolutely inconsequential because the research has shown that money doesn't equate to happiness anyways. Mm-mm. You know, after a certain There's point a certain at least, point. after a certain point, you know, and that point is debated somewhere between 70 to 90,000 a year or something like that. So yeah, of course, it does matter at a certain point if you're fucking starving and really suffering and, and things are really challenging, that's an incredibly stressful place to be in. And so we have that gift, but I think it's just about instilling the right tools like all right, we got, you know, problems A through A through F covered, but now we're facing problems F through Z and we need to really start addressing problems f through z and because these problems don't stop and i think we're because of it's almost like there's a simpler solution to problems a through f doesn't mean that they're any less easy and in fact they may be way more difficult but nonetheless the the prognosis is simple oh you're starving eat food you're you need shelter get shelter that it's like kind of a very logical and simple way to look at it to solve problems a through f this doesn't mean that the world's doing it and i lament that i lament the fact that we spent trillions of dollars not solving that when it would cost less than half a billion to solve hunger and solve clean water for the world and i think our priorities are all fucked up as far as that's concerned but you know nonetheless really acknowledging that there's there's problems all the way through this infinite alphabet and just giving people like the right tools the right information the right the right transmission to help everybody along the path yeah and then what's the book whatever you think think the opposite paul arden you ever heard of that one uh-uh. all you need to do is read the title to get the book and it's really short read i highly recommend there's lots of pictures very creative it's very nice and i think that that's like so consistent in my experience thus far like many of the things that i thought so with such great consistency it's just it's been that but the polar opposite of what i was taught i'm like i'm always kind of looking at the other side of things when it's like something seems really obvious like in the united states like <laughs> we have all the teslas you know we, <laughs> you know like we're good yeah. we've got every like veggie juicing machine and you know like like all the doctors and all the naturopaths are like they're all here uh-huh we must be amazing like we must be biologically like the absolute peak and then there's this inverse there where it's like huh interesting you know so there's some compensation happening there i think it's a similar thing with someone that's like it's this isn't 100 percent, but when someone's really muscular really tough or really wealthy or really whatever it may be you can do all of that and just come from a complete place of love and surrender and, mm-hmm. and contentment and you know that and and then play the game beautifully but very often it's coming from a place of compensation yep and the thing that is in relation to like bhutan and and just any country that where they their values aren't so heavily based on um just materials and consumption um which i love materials and consumption so i'm not i'm not mad at it it's just the imbalance of anything where it becomes sickening and and problematic that's that's like having a piece of cake is awesome eating a whole entire cake is Every less day. awesome yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like don't do that yeah 
<laughs> but but the, the thing that, that is, I think, interesting with that is the only stories, and we, we romanticize like hunter-gatherers and maybe we romanticize living in Bhutan now after this conversation, but and that's not always accurate. Our, our idea and story of the romanticization, romanticization, mm-hmm. how do you say that? Romanticization. Oh, wow. That's good. That was, uh, <laughs> so in romanticizing it, the story is not completely accurate, but then you go to places, and I think that's the only way to really be able to download that information is actually be with those people that are living that life. Because outside of that, it's just going to be this, this at least an abstraction, but like a distant abstraction. Yeah. And then you go to the place... And it takes energy to go to the place and you got to buy a plane ticket and you got to take time off of work. And it's like, well, it's like pilgrimage. <laughs> like this is a part of spiritual practices forever. Yeah. And you're on this spiritual journey. If you're an accountant, if you're whoever you are, like you're on a journey. And so taking the time to go and do those things, there's been so many trips that I've been on, even with, with you as well together, um, and lots of other trips where it's like, in the beginning, I didn't really want to because it took work to do it. But to create change, it takes work to go from zero to one. Yeah. Like you got to like, <clears throat> and then upon arriving there, then your biology is able to pick up on the information because it's not just this auditory inform, inform, information-based signal that's going into your ear holes. It's something that you can feel in your, in your cock and in your stomach and in your, <laughs> yeah. you know, your feet. You're like, oh, okay, this is, okay, yeah, this is different. But it takes work to get to that point. That's it's just an interesting thing of arriving in those places and, and the the palpable feeling difference. Well, it's knowing with the G versus knowing with the K. And when I say knowing with the G, it comes from the Greek word gnosis, G N O I G N O S I S. And it was a sense of knowing something, as in you know what an avocado is when you take that spoon and spoon out the green stuff and eat the avocado after you've peeled it and taken care of the pit and you know you know an avocado then whereas someone describes it to somebody they don't they may know it with a k oh yeah i know what that is i can recognize it in a picture like when they hold up a, a little sign for kids and they say what is this cow you know like all right yeah you know what a cow is but have you spent time in the cow have you smelled a cow shit have you eaten a nice steak yeah have you like hear heard its sounds and really know what that animal is like for, when you hunt for example like i know what a I knew what a tenderloin was and then I went hunting and I was like oh the tenderloin and I cleaned the animal and I quartered it and I was like oh yeah it's the tender muscle on the inside of the haunches that don't get used so much so ah that's why it's tender and that's why it's the tenderloin yeah. like oh now I actually know what this thing is that I'm with a G yeah. you know to a much greater degree and I think then life becomes richer yeah and that's the really the only way we we overvalue the intellectual aspect of knowing with a k it's almost been idealized like you can read books this idea of the wise librarian who's just got this book full of knowledge or you've gone to this school or yale or harvard but really what i think you or i or so many people now with that intelligence trust is someone who's lived life experiences like i get a resume it's like all right i spent you know six months in this monastery i spent then I went over to Monte Carlo and was working in the casinos and lived an absolutely hedonistic life. And then I went over here and did this. And now I went here and here I am now. And I was like, fuck yeah, that is a hell of a resume. Like yeah. I am in, mm-hmm. you know, where someone's like, I went to this school and I read this thing and I, 
but they haven't they don't know life really yeah. you know that's not that's not the knowledge that i trust i'd much rather trust a deeply embodied knowledge and to come into that point of being willing to feel safe and secure enough to explore life you have to have an anchor point of feeling safe and secure mm-hmm. or you can find safety and security through your experience but from like the lens of of parenting which obviously i don't have a kid so this is talking to other people and reading books if the kid feels safe with their parents you know they cry and you know they got a boo-boo they got a poop whatever it is ah mm-hmm. the parents mom's like oh i'm here for you what's up i got you <laughs> yeah. you cry i got you <laughs> the, the kid's like okay cool i cry you got me <laughs> i'm like all right this is a good deal like i i feel secure like maybe i don't need to cry so much because i feel pretty safe mm-hmm. you know now i'm willing to go to the neighbor's house because i know i have that anchor point of my home mm-hmm. and then i'm willing to go you know across the, the neighborhood and then i'm willing to fly to this country and then i'm willing to go to this monastery then i'm willing to start this business then i'm willing to jump off the bridge whatever it is because i have that original anchor point of i feel safe and i feel secure and so coming from that place, and I think that the, the, the safety and security from your parents, it starts off being you know, very obviously your parents, but then eventually that safety and security could come from some other version of parents. You know, so as an adult, you're probably your safety and security isn't your parents anymore. Now you're kind of taking care of them, perhaps. Maybe the next parent for many people could be like God. Sure. And whatever your story of God is. Yeah. God could just be a general sensation of unicity. Maybe your God is is you know atheism, and you have more of like a nihilistic perspective on all things, and like that is the God that you worship is nothingness, mm-hmm. and you know that when the lights go out, there's nothing else here. As long as you feel it like at peace with that, mm-hmm. you know. But having that anchor point of something always coming back to something bigger than ourselves, which I think again comes back into that service, the practice of service is actually getting tying your tendrils your roots into something bigger than yourself you're taking yourself out you're taking your energy and you're planting that seed of your energy somewhere else and then you become bigger and then you feel more safe and secure in the world it's interesting because it's a conversation that's uncomfortable to have because it seems like we're coming from a place of judgment but if you look at all of the depictions of the angels in stories and in every piece of art and literature from time immemorial and angels have carried many names maybe it's the orishas maybe it's whatever whatever your culture has and whatever your culture calls it there's a sense of total well-being in the expression of the body of that being right like we get it you know we get like a healthy psyche is reflected as as your point says is reflected through a healthy body you know but then we don't really because i think we don't want to be judgmental and because we don't want to really accept this truth and sure there's circumstances and shit happens and we all understand that and but you look at a lot of our leaders and politicians and they come off very unhealthy and if you really believe that to serve others which is what a politician should be doing is serving the nation serving the city if you're a mayor serving the state if you're a governor prime minister or whatever you know monarch or whatever the hell you are it should be an act of service that's the highest articulation of any position of power is service but if you aren't serving yourself you can pretty much bet that you're going to have a difficult time 
truly serving the rest of the of the rest of the world it's yeah. going to be harder and so it's interesting to see that you know it's just something that we have all of these rationalizations and sometimes the rationalization might be true there's no absolutes and universals in this but looking like all right how does the totality of this person express hmm. you know which is whatever you might think of you know let's just use trump for an example right some people love him some people hate him but I think it's pretty fair to say that there's a lack of health that's being expressed through the totality of his being, right? And you're like, that way. and that, and you could look at that and say, all right, well, there's probably maybe he's not the savior in in totality. He's obviously very human, and he's obviously very struggling with stuff, and that's okay. But let's not pretend that you know this is this is it's all just fine that he hasn't been taking care of himself but he's really going to take care of us i think it's worth some, at least some skepticism but again avoiding judgment and then understanding that there's lots of different factors and also celebrating the me too of being human and the difficulty of being human and the courage it takes to be human and the challenge mm -hmm. to be human and the challenges he's had to face and all the compassion and love but just recognizing that those people who are really here to serve us like are they serving themselves yeah. and i think it's a good kind of point to really look at i like the i was thinking about this this morning of what a radical adventure just being in the human form is and how much respect we can all have each other for being on the trip like yeah. like after i mean i'm sure you've experienced this after you know, say we've experienced it together after doing like a psilocybin thing or ayahuasca or something of the sort. And afterwards, there's a certain level of camaraderie among the group, even if there's somebody you didn't really like, you know, that was kind of like, oh, I wasn't really sure. If you both did like a big dose of something, you know, and you're like, we're like, oh man, I know what I went through. Like, whoa, <laughs> man. You look over at them, you're like, a little nod <laughs> you're <Yeah>. like <laughs> all right yeah totally you know in in hawaii people get uh there's a lot more fights i moved to hawaii when i was 18 i lived there for like like four or five years and so i experienced being a, i'm a minority and there you know i really wanted to be hawaiian and i got like a you know a, a, a lifted truck and i'd always have a surfboard in the back and i got like a jujitsu sticker with like a hawaiian little um island chain above it and like really trying to be that way um but one of the, the ways that they almost i think like hash out their their feelings or find respect for each other is through fighting each other and so there's not as much of like this you know we're not going to do like a spirit circle in the backyard or bury their wives menstruations or something and do a full moon <laughs> ceremony right. or something like that they're going to beat the shit out of each other right and then at the end there's this mutual respect of like all right cool like good fight yeah <laughs> and i think we could have that with each other it's like the what's that who's who said that be kind for everyone is fighting a great battle is that how that goes you ever heard that one it's a good it's a good expression it's yeah. true you know and i don't know who said that exactly but i think that that's a that's a, a, a an appropriate way to navigate social scenarios or culture or life 
is to come from a place of compassion for where the other person is at because ultimately it's kind of an insurance policy because compassion for another person is compassion for self mm-hmm. and if there's something that we have judgment for another person say they're unhealthy or say they're you know greedy or what arrogant or whatever I think in order for there to be a, a like a charge for that sensation with that other person, it's because it's something that we we feel or see or know in ourselves. And so coming from that 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 play, and then also knowing when to check somebody and say like, "Wow, if I was doing what you needed, you, what you were doing, like the most kind, compassionate thing for you to do would be to check me in whatever the most appropriate sure. way is." Well, and that's something I really treasure about my friendship with you is you have the courage to to play that role you have the courage to say something if you see something that's out of balance and mm. i think that's it's so important to have friends like that like mm. just to have somebody who can just check in and be like all right what's going on what are you really feeling and thinking and another thing that comes to mind is we have this kind of value hierarchy based on what is the obvious observable you know expression of self to say what is healthy and what is not right like right. so if someone is has a six pack you know we're like oh yeah they're doing it right okay but are they sleeping yep you know like how much do they laugh like are they depressed or is like what's going on are they having are they in chronic pain or what like what is actually happening but you can take a bunch of instagram photos of your six-pack and everybody's like oh this dude's got it figured out but it's such a it's such a holistic approach that really only you know how healthy you really are it doesn't matter your body type or shape or whatever else is going on i mean of course it is an indicator of something but True health is something that we have to do a self-diagnostic. For. Yeah, and held tension isn't healthy. And and having a six-pack all the time, it's fine. It doesn't mean you're unhealthy. But if you look at most of the healthiest people, or you know, hunter-gatherer societies, again, it's romanticizing hunter-gatherers as though like they're the, they're the bee's knees. Um, they're not that six-packy jacked. Sometimes they are, but it's not like mandatory for you to be sure. this you know 300 actor specimen in order to be healthy in fact it it oftentimes is the exact opposite of that in relation to what you're saying you know and so when you are i got this from dr gabor mate you you've done you've done podcasts Mm -hmm. with him right yeah we did a a couple podcasts the last one he brought up something um it was that as a young child or even you know as as a fetus if you are under a state of stress, then your body will shunt blood into the periphery in order to, to get out of the room. So you, the blood goes out from your, and this is just the like the you know fight flight reflex. It's like mm-hmm. okay, we got to get the heck out of the room. Let's get all the blood out here and in the legs and like, Bleh. but don't worry about you know your menstrual cycle or digestion or any of that stuff. We need to get the hell out of the room. Yeah, when you meet that person that perhaps has been running an operating system that is i need to get the hell out of this room i need to constantly be checking and like ready to go they might look jacked because they're ready to run the fuck out of the room (laughs) (laughs) or fight their way out (laughs) or fight their way out yeah and so that does really well in the cover of a magazine again it comes back into the same thing it's like the gdp thing how much money do you have how much muscles do you have what's your bmi but there's i think deep health in in ease and ease doesn't always look that impressive because it's not 
it hasn't led a path of compensation to show you that it's impressive yeah and you know it's if you really and that's the thing like nobody can see someone's digestive distress right like because that's one of the things that's deprioritized in this perpetual fight or flight you can see if you're sensitive you can yes. see it in people's eyes you can see in people's tongues sure. you can see people's skin you can see people's mannerisms if you have some training and a little and a, and a deeper sense of awareness than usual yeah but you probably can't see that on an airbrushed you know cover or filter through a right. instagram thing hard to see at least you'd have to be really super perceptive um just like a someone who's trained in lie detection like cia operatives can tell mm -hmm. if you're lying or not based on subtle cues but that requires some training but i think really that's what ends up happening is and i and i again to use myself in, as an example is i express a lot of things in health but then you really go deeper and you start to see signals that all right yeah my digestion's a little questionable to be honest right so uh, too much of my effort has been put out towards you know fighting striving running figuring shit out like going forward always in a battle state and so that's been deprioritized de so that's suffered a little bit you know and again as i said my forward head posture all right well there's some easing there's some woo way that needs to be like brought into my life in a major way and probably go all the way into the structure and i'd like to go into this also a little more like where you're holding tension in the body like for me it's particularly my hips mm. like my hips are the probably the tensest part and the part that's the most inflexible so like what do you see when you look at if you're doing this kind of diagnostic and people are doing a self-diagnostic i've mentioned a couple of them we've talked about digestion we've talked about jaw we've talked about head posture what are some other things like let's say your hips or your knees or your you know what parts of your body kind of give you signals of what's going on on a deeper level i mean every every part uh, a really obvious place for, for people to start looking at would just be the 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 way they breathe so if your breath and i think most people listen to this know by now but you can actively start to change it you know in a, in a moment just by guiding your breath so if you're breathing up into your shoulders and kind of like it's like your neck is pulling your lungs up to get some air um, that's indicative that your nervous system is in that fight flight you know get the hell out of the room or or die trying mm -hmm. kind of state um, and so just a simple thing that people can start to tinker with would just be bringing your hands into the sides of the ribs you know like down low along the float, floating guys which is nice to open up the shoulders as well and just take a few breaths and through the nose so and breathing horizontally so breathing out wide and then a long exhalation and do a few more breaths like this then as you're breathing start to notice <clears throat> the ease of exhalation and notice in comparison the ease of inhalation so if your exhalation is really simple and it's interesting that that uh, it's so quick and easy to change the state of the human organism mm -hmm. like it's it's ridiculous yeah so even just that little bit of like oh well you know you just breathe right here okay breathe twice all of a sudden the whole room changes yeah <laughs> like, yeah but but with, with within that as far as actually having um you know objective indicators of what's going on if your exhalation is easy 
you know that's that side of your 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 breathing pattern is the that's like the the parasympathetic side that's pumping the brakes and when you inhale say if you're afraid when you're afraid you go (gasps) deep inhalation through the mouth that's activating more of that that gas that throttle side Mm -hmm. both are good gas Mm -hmm. and throttle are they're both equally fantastic and so you can just check in of like is it hard for you to exhale is it you know hard for you to inhale and depending upon uh, where that feels where there's greater ease you can kind of get a little bit of a read of where your your uh the baseline of your autonomic nervous system is similar thing with the way a person uses their eyes which we've, we've talked about this before and it's in my book and andrew huberman is a great resource for this um you know if someone's always darting around i know you were kind of hunting for like musculoskeletal stuff but this is musculoskeletal stuff you know mm-hmm. your brain your your eyes are a continuation of your central nervous system they're it's one of the primary toggles to the function of the rest of your physiology and so when you're meeting a person it might feel a little like some people will feel some way some people will feel another way a lot mm-hmm. of that has to do with all of the information you're gathering from their postural patterns but eyes is a big one yeah too much eye contact can be too much not enough eye contact can be not enough you know you're like why, why is, is this too person- much why is too much eye contact too much for somebody you think? i think a lot of that's a cultural thing i think a lot of that is the too much eye contact thing can come from a place of like spiritual compensation the belief that oh if i do all the eye contact right right there's a sense of trying that i'm like it. this transcendent master yeah and you're like no dog this is obnoxious <laughs> <laughs> like look away every now and again please <laughs> yeah so but, it's, so but, what you're saying is it's not necessarily the eye contact itself it's the source from which the eye contact comes and then the the, the dartiness of the eyes and the right. focus of the eyes so if a person is very you know they've already had six cups of coffee that day and they slammed a red bull and they did some you know wim Hof, and then they jump into cold plunge and they're like hey mm-hmm. like that person the way that they're going to use their vision because their vision is just an expression of their autonomic nervous system is going to be more darty and and darty darty and like penetrative mm-hmm. that penetrative type eye contact can be a little like yeah. and so that's just an indication of what's happening at a deeper level you're feeling all of them but that's just a very overt of so, overt indicator. And the other side of that is if a person's really spacey and they come in and they're just like, man, like wow, maybe their head kind of goes this like, like bobble thing, like a lot of girls <laughs> that we know. It's like, oh my God, like love. You know, you're just like that sensation is great. But uh, you know, from a nervous system perspective, it's great. It's like resting, digesting, healing. I feel safe. I don't need to focus on anything because I could just take in the panorama of a whole room and I just, oh, I just take it all in. Right. As we're going, you're taking it all in. That's great. And that person can sometimes be kind of like flaky, you know, and a little bit bendy and a little bit like it's yeah, the sure. balance between the two. But yeah. you can read into a person's state based off of the way that they are just looking at you and we also must be very mindful that we are all mimic actors you know like we see somebody do something and see some something work for somebody so let's say you have a spiritual teacher that has a lot of people that are you know flocking to listen to her speak about something or him speak about something and they behave in that certain way and you're like oh behaving in this certain kind of affectation saying these certain words if someone asks you how you're doing the answer is always so good oh yeah you know like that's the that's no matter what like that's the fucking answer because that gets the best response because that's what so we're mimicking this but that's not 
really it or mimicking someone's eye contact because you know people who are really you know aware they give good eye contact we start playing a role instead of being the thing and i guess the only difference is is that even pretending to breathe well you're still breathing well you know in a certain well like so but all of these are things to be aware of and uh and just just check in like all right how can i authentically get to that place of bliss and if i'm in that fucking place of bliss and that's where i want to be like great but don't put on the bliss mask yeah because that's what gets you approval sure at that point i've never heard that give good eye contact i like that that's like new age sexuality <laughs> <laughs> like hey baby you give good had a long day contact. you want to give me some eye contact um yeah, what else can I you agree. leave people we're wrapping this up here because i gotta run out but what are, what are some tips that you can give somebody to use their physiology as a lever to help them achieve some of their desired states. Hmm. Well, we talked about hanging. We talked about breathing. We talked about eye contact. Um, well, th- let's talk about hanging more. Mm-hmm. Why is hanging important? Well, there's a lot of things. So everything's tied into everything else, and we can go into other places as well beyond the hanging as well because there are there are more um but the shoulder has a tendency of in the modern world getting wrapped up in that medial rotation and protraction so it's pushed forward and kind of sucked in and that is what what that's televising is for the world around you and yourself is is defense protection guarding and it can start to get bound in that position like the structure of the shoulder starts to change shape Mm -hmm. you change shape of the structure of the shoulder you're changing the relationship with the shoulder girdle the scapula and the clavicle and the spine and the diaphragm and your heart you know and your whole carriage of everything and then that's tied down into the iliopsoas and the you know your visceral tissue and all of a sudden it comes into this contracted kind of protective place and so hanging is just a really simple solution to essentially you could call it like rewilding the body going back to that set point of where at one point you absolutely were human mm-hmm. beings are better brachiators than you know they're as good of brachiators as apes like that's what's the, the shape of the length of our clavicle the shape of our hand like we're built to hang off of stuff mm-hmm. there's this innate like primordial coding there it's like okay this is built to do that mm-hmm. And when you're in a world where you're chronically in this media rotation and you know you're looking into the phone or the screen and that's shortening your vision your eyes right that might that start to affect your breathing cadence the the depth of your breath like it's all tied in so you literally you could you could pull on any of the strings it does not matter and all of the other strings will follow suit because it's one integrated organism so hanging is one of those things that's excellent because it taps really directly into not just the 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 shape and the structure and the function of the shoulder girdle but it also opens up space in those the the the, in between the ribs the intercostal space and so then it is also a decompression for the spine and so you're decompressing the spine the spine is your brain it's the continuation of your central nervous system and so now we're decompressing that channel when that channel's open then the body gets the indication that it's safe to be strong when you compromise the shape of the spine like we're doing in these chairs right now for an excessive period of time Mm -hmm. um 
and you try to lift something, your body will literally shut down your access to power because it doesn't trust you from that position. And so by opening that space up, it opens information to be able to channel through there. And that's yeah. like, what was it? I think Roger Sperry, he was the uh, Nobel Prize winner for the split brain theory, I think is what it was. And he said something like 93% of um, our... Uh, energy and nutrition from our that, that goes into our brain is actually from the, the movement of our bodies and the movement of our spine. And if we shut down that channel, we're shutting down our brain and and just hanging, man. Like all this stuff is so simple. <laughs> like to be a healthy mm -hmm. human, it's so simple. Mm. But we continually get bombarded by you know influencers and people selling things and whatnot. And I think selling stuff is great i sell stuff you obviously sell stuff and they're additive they're supportive they're helpful they're not the root you don't sell nature you don't sell sunlight yep you know you don't sell love and connection and purpose like you get that right you don't sell structure <laughs> you know like, like all of those are tied back in of like how do you breathe okay we have this tool to help you breathe better but ultimately you need to breathe you better yeah the greatest doctors we have available I and mean, paul check talks about this in his own way but it's the air the sunlight the water you know the the earth the movement the sleep the sex like so all simple. of these things are just the basic functions and then yeah add some steel maces to that on top of That's it great. add some other supplements add some different superfoods add whatever you want and it's all super helpful you know and that's that's there but the base the base of everything which is doing you know 85 90 percent of the work is just available on any walk to any park mm -hmm. yeah and so figuring that out before you go get you know testosterone replacement or something of the of the sort you're getting you know some type of um exogenous hormone put in your body and i'm not mad at testosterone plays i think it's really helpful for some people but first and that's just one example anything some kind of surgery whatever it is have you exhausted all of the simple free low-hanging fruit yeah because my guess is if you're a person in western culture there's probably a bunch of fat apples that are just like right in front of you yeah. you just haven't been trained to see them yeah breath work before benzos right no, which, <laughs> yeah, which is like should be, should be a t-shirt right yeah it'd be a lot a lot more helpful and exercise before benzos like that's yeah. the reason that antidepressants exercise before you know antidepressants particularly yeah. yeah you know so there's all sorts of research around you know comparing exercise and antidepressants because they have similar uh effects on the brain and in, in, at least in the sense of of releasing like brain derived neurotrophic factor um which is essentially they call it like miracle grow for the brain and it helps for to produce neurons you know neurogenesis starts to come as a product of you just feeding your brain and your body the right stuff and a depressed person will have degeneration and atrophy of the synapses in the hippocampus and like their brain starts to kind of ugh, like darken and shrivel up exercise does the opposite of that mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to replicate with most pharmaceutical drugs. It's like when you look at, you go see some Marvel comic movie thing or something like that, or some, you know, Avatar. Most of that stuff comes from reality. Like you go to Hawaii and you're like, this looks like 
Avatar. <laughs> like, son, like, damn, this is real. Yeah. Like, most of what we're creating in this human plane comes just from stuff that we've gathered from nature. Really strong rope, you know, webbing, all of that. It's like, oh, spiders. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, Including a, mental wellness. There was a study know? that I was looking at that showed on a lot of the antidepressants, they will move you down two points on this depression scale that psychiatrists use they put it in a scale just like with trauma there's a scale with a certain number output that you get based on how you answer certain questions right and it's like the state trait inventory yeah something something like like that that. and so uh, the antidepressants will move you down two points and there's you know pretty good evidence and godzi can get into it pretty deep pretty good evidence that this is partly because of the active placebo hypothesis and the belief that you're going to get better and there's a whole different thing but but in any case it's about two points but gardening will move you down four points and the lower you are the less depressed you are yep so like in this study looking at it of course hasn't there's not a lot of money behind the gardening industrial complex that's like (laughs) pushing a bunch of studies out but from this early indication it's could be up to twice as effective as taking a pill it's just gardening and And sustainable is the big thing and what is that and what is gardening it's oh you're out in the sunlight service your service to the earth you're cultivating something you're watching something grow purpose you're moving you're exercising your body as you go through it there's so many different elements that it's touching so no wonder it's effective and then every time you walk past that garden like i've i've been I'm grateful to have been a part of like building some things. Like I built a cabin at one point. I've never been, you know, the boss. I've always been the bitch, but it's still great to be a part of it. Um, we did like some, you know, various different things. Build a fence at some point, and like you just step back and you look at that fence, and you're like, I built that fence. Yeah. Like every day, you pull up to your house, you come in, you say, "There's that fence I built." Right right like that's I felt that, that that's right this. after right after college, I came to live at my parents' house out in Dripping Springs, and they had a little you know guest cabin that I was staying in, mm-hmm. and I built the fire pit that yep. was out there, dug it out, found the rocks, selected the rocks with the tractors out on the land, yep. built the circle around it, built the fire pit, placed the rocks in it. It gave me immense satisfaction yep. every single day. Yeah, that's that therapy. That's there. therapy. That's psychedelics that's like that's like i think there's the it's a trip it's not psychedelics but like that's a trip Mm. you know there's all these different substrates of healing or mediums of healing that we have throughout our lives and we think of the very obvious ones okay breath work pretty clear you know talk therapy psychedelics like all these things like okay pharmaceutical drugs like very clear but that sensation that you get when you walk past that fire pit and it's this reconfirmation that you're constructive you're engineering you're intelligent you do things Mm -hmm. it's like wow like that was medicine that fills you up and then you go into the next scenario and you're like you you walk into the room there's a bunch of girls and like you know you can build a motherfucking <laughs> fire pit son like you know i am a fire pit builder. and then that starts to change the way that people perceive you because it changes your perception of yourself sure now you're you're rolling you know and those are the parts that's like those innate healing mechanisms that i think oftentimes we end up meandering into through by happenstance you know building the fence it changes the way that you feel and you know it changes the way people perceive you etc down the line like that's like the butterfly effect of that they're all over the place you know i think that medicine is like in, in native american it's like owl medicine and you know whatever bear medicine mm-hmm. and i'm like what does that mean and i'm like oh okay it's like 
everything matters more than we think. Mm-hmm. Like everything influences more than we think. And if you have that in, that intelligence to just start to pay attention, it's not even intelligence. It's just you pay attention. Like we've talked about David Blaine with that before. His he's invested so much time and energy into paying such deep, scrupulous attention to to sleight of hand tricks and cards. He would resent that tricks um, but like the sleight of hand stuff and then getting into introspection into himself and like challenging his body beyond what anyone would think to be possible he's spent so much time just invested with attention to that that now he seems magical yeah he might be magical he's probably bumped into some magical <laughs> shit <laughs> Aaron my brother this was a pleasure where can people find you for more um well, uh, we're going to run this back on the Align podcast. Is, yeah. is the is the hope? So hopefully, whenever you release this, we'll release that on the same on the same day. Um, so Align podcast is the most likely place. That's Instagram is Align podcast. Everything's based off of that. And then you know, there's the book Align Method, but Align podcast, Instagram podcast, boom, is the places. I love you, brother. I love you. Yeah, Thanks for making I time truly, for truly treasure this friendship, man. Absolutely, me too. Yeah. And I treasure you guys too. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with myself and Aaron. Once again, if you're called to the Fit for Service program, go to aubreymarcus.com slash fit for service. And please follow Aaron and check out his podcast, The Align Podcast. Thanks so much, fam. I love you, and I'll see you next week.